welcome everybody to episode 20. I can't believe we're episode 20 already. I was just thinking about that the other day. Yeah. Uh, today we're going to talk about self-publishing versus traditional publishing. I'm at a crossroads, which I'll tell you all about in a minute. Yep. Uh, so welcome to that. It's episode 20 of Eat, Drink, Write, and Urban Fantasy Whiteboard. Uh, I'm Sherry Ellison. And I'm Taylor Ellison. Okay. And what are you eating? Um, so earlier this week, I set up my new smokeless grill, and it's supposed to be like an indoor grill or whatever. And so on Tuesday night, I sat outside and grilled some uh, bratwurst that I got from a meat sale at uh, the ADS department at the university that I work at. Okay. Um, so I made those, and for today, I'm eating leftovers. So. Nice. And what are you drinking? Oh, I'm drinking tea because I am going to my girlfriend's house after this. <laughs> ah, okay. Oh, I'm not drinking tea. It's been a long day. I'll tell you about that too. I'm okay. drinking a uh, pink sparkling wine that Mike, your daddy, went and got me today because it's been a heck of a day. And I am eating crackers and meats. Oh, yeah. Somebody gave me meats for Mother's Day. Who could that have been? <laughs> Who could that have been? And so I am eating those today with Are they my good? wine. Have you tried them? I tried one of them before I put them on the crackers and then the rest I just put on there to take pictures of so far. Nice. And the one I tried, I loved. I can't remember oh, which one it was. And I'm drinking my pink wine and it's in a, you can't really tell, it's a blue cup. I bought these cups so that I would have six different colors to, to drink out of. Your father yeah. doesn't know yet. And oh. then I got, I got these colored straws, which it's not a great thing to drink wine out of a straw. So I might oh. let it go, but it's so cute with the straw. It is cute. It's very coordinated. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm doing. Good, mm -hmm. good. How was your week? Uh, it was pretty good. Um, I started an online stats class with my university, so I've been doing that. I am not a fan of stats, but I need it because I'm also a scientist, so I want to be able to understand stats and like all that kind of stuff, so I have to, I have to do it, I guess. So I, I did that this week. It's very short, like it ends on June 4th. So it's a very oh. short course, which means I have something to do every day. And have I done it today? No, I haven't. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fine. I'll catch up. I'll catch up sometime. And then I took my, I brought my piano into my living room because I wanted to start playing that more. Nice. Um, and I did not get uh, a lot of writing done, unfortunately, because I have been doing a bunch of other stuff. So. Yeah. But it's been, a, it's been a decent week. It's, it's, been, it's been okay, I guess. I've been a little, not down exactly, but just kind of unmotivated to do much of anything. So it's been kind of bleh. So yeah. What about yours? Well, I've got a splitting headache right now. Oh, good. Um, Hopefully that have, uh, The wine's going to help with that. Hopefully very shortly. Um, we had our, verse, our first Zoom court this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was interesting. Uh, we had about 17 defendants. They all didn't show up. So it was less than that on the screen. We had the judge, my paralegal, the parent parental accountability coordinator, and then the defendants and myself. And it was interesting. It, 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 it works. It, it's something that we can do to get us through this time until it's safe for us to come face to face with people. So neat. Yeah, it was neat. One of my defendants has COVID. So that's lovely. Lovely. Um, yeah. Bless his heart. He, yeah. he said he didn't feel horrible, but the rest of his family did. Yeah. So they were really sick and he had to take care of them. So 
he's hoping that he doesn't have it anymore. So there was that. It's just been a long week. I must say it felt good to do court preparation and get ready for court. I haven't done that in a long time and it's something I like to do. I, it's what I do for a living. Yeah. Um, as opposed to all the other stuff, I've been doing a lot of cleanup work, um, catching up on old files, going through stacks, going, why do I have this file? What am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. Um, so it's been a long week. It's um, difficult sometimes working for the state. You got to have them listen to you about what the law is. And sometimes they don't want to. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, hence my headache today. But I think I took care of it. I think we're good. Good. Um, so, oh, I did get my sewing machine. I can't remember if it had come in before our last one or not. Yeah, you didn't have it by the last time, I don't think. Okay. So it came in and I've been making masks. I've got them somewhere around here. Let's see. Here's an itty bitty. This is a child size mask. Oh, nice. Uh, um, oh, those are good. Didn't put the other side on this one yet, but um, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I'm making different um, styles of that. So I'm excited. I'll be able to put some of those up for sale and hopefully get them out to people that need them. I think some states are actually requiring masks. So they've uh, got to have some out there and I'm going to try to make them as cheap as I can yeah. um, just to get them out to people who need them. I can't um, help but notice that your background is very clean. Oh, I meant to mention that. Yeah. Because we were having court and the judge was going to see it. I cleaned up in here. <laughs> <laughs> it looks nice. Thank you. And then the flowers, I got those from my daughter and her husband, and I got these from my husband. So Very nice. pretty flowers and yeah, it's clean. It is clean. So, yeah. I was pretty proud. I had to say something. <laughs> yeah. I meant to say something. I meant to say, if you notice, it's a little <laughs> bit cleaner than the times you've seen it in the past. Um, I have a joke. Oh, of course you do. Since we're talking about self-publishing versus traditional publishing, and it's not very funny, but how do you get an indie author to wash your dishes every day for a month? Oh. Make a deal to buy his book at the end of the month. <laughs> fair, honestly, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> not funny. I mean, it's it's funny because it's so realistic, I think. Ha, 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 ha. I'll laugh but for you. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, so that was my joke. Clearly, uh, we haven't gotten any from our listeners yet. I need jokes, so please send them. Um, I guess we can just jump in. You're not at this point that I'm in. I, I have been writing since I was younger than you are and have never been able to get anything published. Now, I had four children in between then and now, so I wasn't putting a lot of time into it. But I have had frickin' fairies out since 2017, but I did count it up and I've only had it out to 10 different agents. Uh, four of those agents, I think, had requested it at a seminar that we went to and I just got my last rejection. So right now I've got no books out with any agents. And I've started thinking along the lines of self-publishing as an option. And so I yeah. wanted to go through with our listeners what I'm going through as I try to make this decision so that because that's something that all writers might want to consider. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just going to start. You can cut in. Um, the, the main place I got this information from is from Blake Atwood on um, his blog, The Right Life, W-R-I-T-E Life. I feel Excellent. like I've used, I think I've used information from The Right Life blog a lot for our podcast. So yeah. This 
uh, article of his was right on with everything I was looking for. So I'm going to pass it on, but it is Blake Atwood, who is the one who, who did this. Nice. So he said, there's five things that you need to ask yourself before you can really determine whether you should do self-publishing or whether you should do traditional publishing. So the first thing he said is, how fast are you wanting to get this book published? If right. you want it done now, self-publishing is the way to go because it takes at least a year for a traditional publishing book to go through. You got to get it to your agent. The agent has to pitch it to all the publishers. The publishers are going to look at it and go, oh, I want to change this, this, and this. Get me the rewrite, that kind of thing. So it's going to be at least a year, maybe a year and a half down the road before you see your book in print if you go the traditional route. So if you're right. looking fast, you go self-publishing because you can do it through uh, Kindle and have it out tomorrow. Right. So if you want to be published tomorrow, self-publishing is the way to go. However, keep in mind that just because it is so easy to self-publish, anybody can publish, anybody can publish anything. Yeah. Uh, there is a lot of bad stuff out there. Right. There's a lot right. of rough stuff out there, I feel like. Just, mm -hmm. it, I feel like I've come across a lot of works that have obviously not been edited kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it's like any person at all, like any person who wants to publish their book can just put it on there. So, yeah. yeah. And then on the other hand, this is a good thing and a bad thing. Kindle sold almost 7 million titles as of August 1st of 2018, according to Mr. Atwood. That is a good thing because it means there's a market there. Right. But it's a bad thing, meaning that you've got 7 million titles that are your competition. Yeah. How do you make your book stand out among 7 million books? Right. Yeah. So that's something to consider as well. He says, how many people do you want to reach? The winner of this question is if you want to reach a lot of people, it's you go traditional publishing. Right. Self-publishing is a black hole. He quoted uh, this lady who uh, has written some articles on publishing 101, Jane Friedman. And, uh, She's like, self-publishing is a black hole. I mean, it's just, there's so much out there. Oh, because um, it's like um, overwhelmed with the number of works out there? It's glutted. I mean, the whole market is just glutted. And you necessarily, I don't have, I mean, our podcast has some followers, mm -hmm. which might help me as an author. But right. my personal, I think I've maybe got 500 followers on, on Twitter. That's not very many you know, and, and a lot of those are just follow for follow other writers who aren't necessarily going to even read my book. Right. But the traditional, traditional books dominate the physical market and they provide the greatest distribution. That's the answer to this question is yeah. they have the ability to distribute your books. They have contracts with Barnes and Noble and all, the, all these bookstores that are going to have it on their shelves that, you know, people walk in and see. Right. So, and I was reading, I was reading somewhere that, you know, places like Barnes and Noble and, you know, the big stores like that, where you're likely to go and see your book on a shelf, they already have, you know, um, publishers have contracts with them, but also those stores prefer, you know, the material from those publishers, you know, they're not looking yeah. for individual people who are trying to get their books on shelves. Yeah, you may, if, if you're in a smaller community, you may be able to go to your local Barnes and Noble and they might be willing to buy your book there and you can do a signing or whatever, but that's only going to be your local Barnes and, and Noble. It's not going to be the ones all across the United States, all across the world. 
Right. I did read that it is a lie that traditional publishers will put ample money into marketing. Right. Because I always thought it was. I always thought, well, I'll have marketing built in. I won't really have to worry about it. But that apparently is not true unless you do spectacularly well within the first 30 days. Then they might be willing to put some, you know, and honestly, I've not seen advertisements as far as on TV. I think I might have seen a Stephen King book advertisement before, maybe another really big author before, but you don't see books advertised on TV. Yeah, you don't. And, you know, I've actually realized that the book advertisements that I do see are usually from self-published authors. And yeah. I see them on Facebook or Instagram yeah. or Twitter or whatever. And those are the ads that I see as opposed to marketing from a, a big publisher or, um, you know, that kind of thing. What do you think of those ads when you see them? Do you scroll on by or do you read the blurb or what? So sometimes it, it depends on, honestly, what the first line is. Um, if it's a really cheesy first line, I scroll past it. I'm not interested in cheesiness. And honestly, I feel like a lot of the books that are targeted towards me are to have those cheesy lines for some reason, um, because they tend to be more. Why is that, Taylor? Well, I think it's because it's more up the alley. Like most of the time it's trying to advertise urban fantasy. And I'm ah. not, I don't like the traditional um, pure snarky voice. Cause that I just is, thought maybe you were looking at some weird sites or something and that they've got you targeted. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no. My daughter's weird, y'all. Uh, well, you got okay. that from her father. Listen, <laughs> if nobody thought I was weird by now, then I've done something wrong on this podcast. I feel like I've had to be weird at some point on here. <laughs> I do write urban fantasy. I am a writer. We That's have true. Writers are all weird. I think yeah, everybody so listening agrees. Obviously, I get it from you. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, oh, either way, whether you self-publish or traditional publish, you need a platform. I agree. And I think we've talked about this before. Platform is really important. And I think that we're going to end up doing an episode on that. So I, I said we probably shouldn't talk too much about it here. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I think the more that I'm looking into things, the more I realize because we, when we were at the seminar in Atlanta, mm -hmm. they said you don't have to have a platform. But I really, really think you have to have a platform no matter yeah. what you do. It's, yeah. It works for you self-publishing. It works for you traditional publishing. I think you got to do it. Yeah. So probably if you want to reach the most people, then traditional publishing is the way to go. Yeah. Number three, how much control do you want over your book? That is a big one for me because, oh, and I meant to, to look this up so I could do the share, share screen thing. One of my favorite authors, uh, which I can't remember her name, the Southern Witch series, uh, Kimberly Frost. Frost. Yeah. The first time her book was published, it came out with a cover that was almost cartoony. Yeah. I would never buy that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely never buy that. That's not something I'm interested in. I, even if the, I wouldn't have even picked it up to look at the blurb on the back. Yeah. The second time that they came and published her, they went with a real cover and it, they're excellent covers and I immediately bought it. Yeah. And then I discovered that, oh, she had this out before and it didn't do well. I want control over my cover. I don't want them to pick a comic book or a cartoon cover for my book. Right. And we don't have control over that as the writer. Maybe eventually, like when you get to Patricia Briggs level, you know, although she's got, um, who's the, uh, the painter that does her? Dan Dos Santos. 
Yes, she's got him, so she's not going to be looking anywhere else anytime soon. Which, by the way, guys, check out his artwork. He's really awesome. This is, like, he's just, he has amazing artwork out there, and he's on Instagram and all that kind of stuff, so. But he's just really cool, like, a really good example of uh, an urban fantasy um, book cover artist, and, and, you know, he works for publishers, so he's not really out there for um, individual uh, commissions or anything like that, but he's he's amazing, so if you're interested in urban fantasy cover artwork he does the mercy thompson series yeah and i don't know how much input she gets with him you know that does she get to tell him hey i'm kind of thinking that i want her leaning on a car or you know i don't know no so i actually read a post about it um by him and he said that you know he gets told the title um and he gets a few details about the book from patty and based on that he goes off with his own imagination and then he'll pitch his works um, and he'll come up with different versions. He has, you know, he'll have one version that he'll paint up really quick, um, like a sketch. And then uh, he'll do a different version and a different version. They kind of narrow it down from there. Um, so I think she does get some input on it, but I think most of it is like, this is what the story is about. This is what it involves. Come up with what you come up with. So Well, and now she's such a big author. She probably has, you know, she gets to probably see it all the way through. I don't know a beginning author even gets to know what they're picking. Right. I mean, I think you might not get to see it until they reveal it to you. Here's your cover. Right. Um, what else about control? So with self-publishing, you obviously control it all, but that means you have to do it all too. Right. You, that cover we're talking about, you've got to do that. Now on Twitter, I've seen tons of, and I've followed a ton of people who say they do covers for uh, eBooks and that kind of thing. So right. I, I haven't done any research. We'll probably do a podcast episode. Your, your cat is distracting me. He just walked behind you. <laughs> He's distracting me too. He decided to zoom across the room at that moment. So, <laughs> But anyway, yeah, you, you do have control over it if with self-publishing. You get to figure out what you want to edit, what stays in, what gets cut. That's all on you. That's you. Whereas with a traditional publisher, they take care of everything, which is great. What is your cat doing? He was gonna bounce on me. <laughs> I Sorry. saw a flash go by. He's he's got the zoomies right now. He's been <laughs> he's being he's being zoomy. It's okay. <laughs> um, I do want to say though, you know, you never would have picked up that book because that cover wasn't very fitting for that book or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I do want to point out that the publishers also don't make money off of you unless they get your book bought. Um, you don't, you don't pay a publisher, you don't pay an agent, you know, they don't get paid unless that your book does well. So they're going to do what they think is right for the market that you're going for. Um, which, you know, for that book, obviously it wasn't right, but I, yeah, think, I think they totally missed the boat on that. I and mean, how do you, was that because of the publisher she had or, or what, how did that happen? Cause it was yeah, a I wrong choice. Right. But they set the price of your books. They set the format of your books. They make you revise it the way they want it to be. They yeah. may want the ending to be different than what you've got. And you have no choice because you're under contract with them to do what they want you to do. I mean, now, like you said, they're trying to make it better. They want to make money too. So they want it to be the best they can. But, you know, it's just something to consider when you're trying to decide traditional versus self-publishing. Um, Right. On, on the one hand, with a traditional publisher, they're taking care of everything. You get to write your next book and not worry about any of that while all that's going on. You're yeah. concentrating on your next book, which is wonderful. Um, but on the other hand, you can do it all yourself and be in total control. And I am a control freak, so that, that does have appeal to me. 
Right. I just, I don't know. I also want to point out there though, um, just while we're on this, you know, how much control do you have on your book and that kind of thing. Uh, the, I feel like traditional, um, traditional publishing, they front the financial risks. Um, so whereas with self-publishing, you're the one who has to figure out the cover and you're probably going to pay an artist to do that. The editing, you know, you can pay a professional editor to edit it for you. But then again, that's your, that's your money that you're putting into it. Whereas with yeah. traditional publishing, um, you know, you, you do get those services. And like you said, they can change what they want to change and tell you to rewrite it or it's not going to get published. Um, and you no longer work with them. But I think that there are pros and cons to um, both of them, obviously. And I think... Uh, a financial risk aspect is a big thing for me. Uh, I got my father's frugality. Um, so I- well, You're also at a very different point in your life than I am. I've got money to be able to play with that if I want to. Right. So you're at the beginning of your life. You don't have the savings. You haven't been working for 35 years like I have been. You know, that's- right. So for me, I do have more of an option where some people may not even have that option. They may not be able to self-publish in an effective way because they don't right. have the money to pay for the editing and they don't have the money to pay for a, a really good cover or whatever. Right. How much do you want to earn? Now, this was interesting because he said that it's a tie. Self-publishers and... <laughs> Hello, kitty cat. My son is... Uh being aggressive <laughs> self-publishers and professional writers they said well like not that self-publishers aren't professional writers but traditionally pu published authors right it, it says it's a tie and how many, we're not going to make money writing that's no. it, this is not a money-making venture unless you're stephen king or right. whatever yeah um i think all of us write because we love to write i i will never stop writing whether i get published or not oh i agree yeah yeah but it says traditional published authors average about $13,666 a year. Yeah, that's Which actually more me, than I thought, so. Yeah, I, I think I've also seen 10,000. Yeah. So, but that's, um, for me, that's a good income to have to put towards retirement or whatever. Yeah. Um, but for a person trying to do this for a living, that's not so good. Right. And then self-publishers, it says, are, are lucky to get 100 dollars a year and I'm like well how is that a tie that's what I was yeah but he said what it is is the self-publishers get 30 to 70 percent royalties which is a whole lot higher than you get from a traditional book publisher yeah but you have less places to sell your book or you're one of seven million other books right um, but you get a whole bunch more royalties if you do get that book found um, the traditional publishing companies are giving lower and lower advances lower and lower lower royalties i mean they're losing money left and right too because of the kindle market and the, the ebooks and that kind of thing well, um, a lot of ebooks are also done through traditional publishing too though that they are also too. part of that ebook um, and the audio audio through tr traditional publishing yeah. too yeah so there there are but it's changed the way they work mm -hmm. it's not the way it used to be right <laughs> so even though you're getting lower advances and lo lower royalties you're selling your book in more places and you have a better chance to sell that book. Yeah. So I think that's why it comes out as a tie because both have benefits. Right. <laughs> and he said, basically you got to figure out what your primary goal is, is your, your, you know, 
do you want it out there fast then self-publish do you want creative control self-publish do you want to get it to the most people traditional publishing so you've got to sit down and ask yourself all of these questions decide what success looks like for you for your book right. and it's not the same for everybody so I, I have a lot more research that i want to do on this um, i started an account with the kindle yesterday i didn't finish it yet I don't know how far I can get into that before it makes me do something. I just wanted to see what it was. Yeah. Um, they, they have publishing tools. They've got formatting tools. They've got um, cover artist tools. So there's a lot that can be done. I haven't looked at it yet. So at some point, I think we need to do an episode just on that Kindle Amazon publishing tool. Sure. Um, yeah because i am i'm at a crossroads uh, although when i did look up to see how many times i had submitted it and it was only 10 times i'm like it's not time to give up yet yeah um so i may do some more on the traditional side but i am impatient and you know as i said before when you hit 67 you only can write one more book <laughs> after that before you die good lord so, <laughs> so I, I have to decide what i want and i am at that point i was seriously seriously considering it yesterday before yesterday i got rejected this week sometime and i was just you know you know how writers are i was down well, i mean but i think that it i think like you said it depends on what success looks like to you and i think self-publishing is a is a very good route to go like i don't think it's a bad road to take at all and i don't think traditional publishing is either i think like you said it depends on like what you want out of it what are you you know hoping to get out of publishing you know do you want your book on a bookshelf on in a store like Barnes and Noble or um, you know is that success to you or you know what do you want so well this Kindle thing will do a they'll publish a paperback they don't do hardbacks so there is that is an option if you want your book on a hardback you've got to go traditional yeah but you can do paperback books and they don't make you buy it ahead of time they have it set and ready to go and when someone buys it online they print one and it goes and I thought right wow that that blows my mind i didn't know that was a possibility so you don't have to have boxes of books sitting here trying to sell yeah they sell them as they go and then you can buy your own book and have 10 copies if you want to give some to family or you know you're going to be going to meet an agent and you want to hand one to them i don't know if that's even appropriate we'll have to look that up too <laughs> but um probably not but anyway so that that's what I've been thinking this week. And that was why you were gracious enough to let me do this topic because it's something I'm starting to seriously consider. I think it's a, I think it's a good topic to look at. Um, especially cause you're not limited to just one of one of these, uh, mm -hmm. you can self publish one book or one series, and then you can try to go traditional with another. So, well, you also you keep all of your rights when you self publish through this Kindle thing, you haven't given up any rights. Mm -hmm. So, you can still sell that book traditionally if you want to later if say it it hits it really big and a agent wants you you right you're not stuck even with the book you've already published you know you're not stuck right so yeah. so I, I think it's a good topic i think i don't think you know going one way or the other limits you in any in any way so i think it's um i think it's an interesting course to to look at in terms of you know future publishing I think so too. I, I had a whole nother paper that I started to read on publishing on Amazon. And mm -hmm. that guy, Matthew McCreary uh, from Entrepreneur, yeah. did 
an excellent because I, I read the contract. I'm a lawyer. OK. And that contract, I was like, what does this mean? Because a lot of it involved math where you had to figure out your percentages and what you might get out of the royalties and that kind of thing. Ah, uh, Yeah. I had to pick between these two different royalties and I was like, well, I don't even understand what I'm getting when I get one or the other. And he right. lays it out. Boom, 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 boom. Excellent article. So at some point we'll go over that. I won't, I won't stay on this topic probably next week because we need to uh, spread it out Yeah. because not everybody's interested in, in self-publishing. Um, right. But I would love to hear from some self-published indie authors about, the trials and tribulations they went through in doing it and what their thoughts are on it and would they do it again? Yeah, absolutely. So. No, I would be really interested in, in seeing that too. Cause you know, you hear some people who are like super down on self-publishing and then you, you see other people who are like, no, I love self-publishing because you have all of these pros to it. Um, so I would love to hear first person accounts on it. Cause I, I think that's the best way to learn about something anyway. So yeah, me too. Me too. Well, do you have an interview question? I do. Um, what initially makes you decide that you are interested in a book that you are reading? So you pick up a book. What makes you decide at what point that you actually are interested in that book? Well, I decide I'm interested in it before I even buy it because of the blurb on the back. But like, what makes you decide that you want to keep reading it? Well, I never stop reading though. I'm one of those people that finishes a book, whether it's good or not. So you're asking at what point do I decide it's really good and I want to keep reading it? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I think it happens pretty quick. The, the characters and the plot draw me in. It's just, you know, you feel a connection with that character and you want to keep reading and find out more. I think that's what it is for me too. I definitely have to vibe with a character, whether they're like actually a, you know, whether they're a good person or not. Like I don't care if they're an anti-hero or whatever as long as I like their voice and the way that it's written, I think I'm sucked in from the beginning. However, I am not like you. If I do not like a book, I'm not going to finish it. I'm not going to waste my time on it. You know, there have been books where I've read half of one and I'm like, I can't. Like I just, like I've read 50% of this book and it's going nowhere for me. And other people are like, you have to get through that. And I'm like, I don't want to have to get through an entire book to get to the second book in order to like it. So that's, yeah, I've, I've yeah. read life is too short to read bad books. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like if I'm not enjoying the book, then why am I reading it kind of thing? So of course I watch movies all the way through too. No, I turn those off too. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm purposely there to make fun of it, then no, I don't, I don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. We're watching uh, the expanse right now on Amazon. Yeah. How is it? Very good, but it is one that takes you a minute to get into. I watched half of the first episode because uh, Mike was out of town working, and so I was going through trying to watch first episodes of things to find one that, that we might want to watch together. I only made it through half of that one, and I was like, I don't think this one's for us. Yeah. I love this show. So, because your father came home and he's like, oh, let's try it because it's sci fi, interesting. It has Thomas Jane in it, which is that actor that I love so much. Yeah. And so I think part of my problem with that one is the first episode is trying to, and it has to do this. There are so many storylines going, like think Game of Thrones. Yeah. And they're trying to put pieces of them. And so it was jumping between, I had no time to connect with any characters. Gotcha. And so I didn't really care halfway through it, who these people were. I didn't care. Yeah. But if once you watch the first one, 
then you're starting to get to know these people by the end of the first one and we're hooked now we're in we're in season three now yeah i've had i've had that happen before too when i was watching um battlestar galactica i did not care for the first season at all and you know courtney was like no you have to keep going you have to keep watching it and i was like oh like okay i guess but you know, I'm, I'm not enjoying the first season. And then it picked up a lot in the later seasons. And now I, I love it. I adore that series. The mm -hmm. ending was incredible. The character development was incredible. The story was great. So I ended up getting sucked in, but it did take me. And I, I can do that easier with, um, with TV shows. Because, you know, if I don't like it or I find it boring, then I can also, like, be on my computer and not, like, be half paying attention. Um, well, like Alana Andrews, their first uh, book in the Magic Bites, was Magic Bites the first one? With Kate Daniels. I think Magic yeah. Bites might have been the first one. Yeah. I love the, the blurb on the back. I think I bought like three separate copies of that book because I would go to the bookstore and I would see it and I'm like, oh, this is great. That first book was difficult to get through. Yes. Their, for me, their yeah. writing grew and I think we've talked about them before. By the time you're at the last book, I love that series. I will cherish it forever. I'll probably read it over and over and over again. Yeah. But that first book, I read it and I was like, I don't like it. And I put it down. And then I'd see it in the bookstore and go, oh, this one looks good. And I'd buy it again because I didn't realize I already had it. That's another reader writer issue. We got books everywhere. Well, let me, let me tell you how I got into that series. So I picked up, didn't like the writing style at first. So put it down. I don't, I don't finish books that I don't care to read and you know I did that a few times I think over the I was like oh I'm gonna give this another try because I keep seeing that it's really good so like I would read it and then be like no there's something about it that like I just can't I can't get into it I couldn't connect with Kate I think and so I was like okay I'm just gonna I'm gonna put this down and so what finally got me to read the entire thing was at my last job I was sitting in a swamp without internet connection on my phone plus I was in water so I finally picked it up, finished the entire thing, because I was just sitting out there waiting for birds to come and hit our net, and uh, ended up finishing it that way, started the next one, and the next one was much better, and I was like, oh, like, this is great. <laughs> so, you know, there are times that I'll do it, but that was extreme. Yeah, that's, that's so funny, because I think I've got several copies up there of that book, just because yeah. they, they did a really good job with the cover, mm -hmm. they did a really good job with that blurb on the back. Yep. But the first book was not written in the style that I enjoyed at that point. They, their style has evolved and they're amazing, amazing writers now. It's husband and wife team. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I guess that's everything we've got ready for the outro, which I actually have in front of me this time. I'm not looking oh, for it. Oh, you're growing. Look at you go. <laughs> Yay. Uh, thank you for listening. Don't forget, we still have free merch. We just need uh, people to leave us reviews. Email us at eat.drink.write.podcasts dot at gmail.com no, gmail. <laughs> gmail um and we've got spiral notebooks calendars sticky notes so we'd be glad to to send you some of those i, I got stamp.com now so i'm able yeah. to actually do the postage from home without having to go stand in line at the post office during this covid time so yeah leave us a review and we'll send you stuff especially now it's fun to get stuff in the mail you feel yeah it's like like Christmas or something. Uh, our website is eatdrinkwritepodcast.com. Everything that you need is on there. It's got a link to our podcast itself. It's got pictures of our food and our drinks and some articles that we've written on the blog part of it. I need to do better at that. Downloads from things that we talk about, which you haven't done that query letter formula and I haven't either yet. 
So, well, but things like that are on there. So that's eatdrinkrightpodcast.com. We're now on YouTube, obviously. So you can watch us too, which is frightening. Let us know your ideas. What do you want us to talk about? We, we have, I've got at least a page of ideas to talk about, but we want to hear what you want us to talk about. Some yep. of those ideas I've gotten from people on Twitter asking questions. And I'm like, oh, someone asked this. This would be a good question to talk about. Yeah. All our social media is on there. We do have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I try to work on all of those. Last but not least, visit our Patreon, patreon.com slash edwpodcast. And we thank you all for your support. Thanks, guys.